Hey, what's going on everyone? It's Kyle Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast for Friday the 15th of December 2017. How's everybody going tonight? Uh, well, I should say this morning. Uh, it's been a, uh, look, I, I'm going to be honest, completely forgot to do the half of this week on the Tuesday, but um, uh, I'm going to make it up to you with, um, to be honest, I had really nothing to talk about, so, you know. Sometimes when I don't have anything to talk about, I probably would just probably skip the half hour. That's just to, uh, to say something in advance. Because um, then I'll just be sitting here just thinking about things to say and I'll be lying to you, in which I don't want to do. Because um, I don't know what I honestly say. Unless I've got things I've actually did, which I didn't do much. Um, now, flip the paper around. This episode of the podcast, uh, so this week, um, just a couple of days ago, the Golden Globe nominations were announced for 2018, so I'll be talking about all those, and I'll be giving my thoughts on all those, um, and uh, I'll be talking about The Disaster Artist, and I'll be talking about American Maid. Um, but I want to start off just with, uh, you know, how's your week been? How's your week been? You had a good week? I've had a, uh, I thought I'd be get without a car this week, but... Um, uh, unfortunately, my uh, grandmother's dog uh, was hit by a, a oncoming vehicle, and uh, she apparently no, she uh, unfortunately um, suffered some heavy injuries. So my nan had to uh, look after my dog, uh, her dog, at uh, her place uh, all week this week. So we got to have her car, and I got to drive uh, our um, big red uh, Toyota Prado. Um, and, uh, that was, I didn't have to, do, I didn't get to do much. Uh, I went to the beach Monday, which was good. Um, went to, uh, what do I went? I went to Bar Beach on Monday. And, uh, got severely sunburnt because my sister can't apply sun cream properly, apparently. So, um, got, got very sunburnt on, uh... On uh, one on, on the upper half of me fucking back, and then on, on the lower half of my back, in the middle it's fucking white, and then I've got two two fucking red spots on the back of my fucking late neck uh, legs. God, this started gets even worse and worse, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> and uh, and I come home, and then uh, I go in the pool, and then Dad's like, before you go in the pool, it's like, look at your fucking back, mate. Look at me back. It's fucked. Red. It looks like... It honestly looks like someone's walked up to it and started, like, doing a fucking paint job. Someone's come over and called a smoker and was like, yeah, well... Yeah, we'll finish it later. It's not quite red yet. Ah, it's alright. should be right. We'll, we'll finish it later. So, um... You know, the bad thing is, uh... I've been putting up with that for the last couple of days. Uh, the itchy phase was yesterday and it's still fucking going. So, um... You know, that's that. And, uh, was going to go to the beach today. Um, I, was, I actually was thinking about going to the, um, baths tonight, actually. But, uh, ended up watching, um, American Made. So, um, yeah, I, um, it was a hot day today. It was fucking, was it? Was, it was a 40, 40 degrees, 41 degrees, right? 41 degrees here in Newcastle. Um... I think Sydney had a way worse. I knew that Sydney and Melbourne were going to get a fucking heat wave this week, so um, I knew they were going to cop the worst of it. 
but I was pretty fucking hot here too. I, uh, I'm sleeping out the uh, caravan outside my parents' house uh, while I'm staying here for the holidays. And, um, you know, it's nice and cool outside. But as soon as you hit the fucking AM, I swear, I swear to God, uh, the sun hits in the morning and then you feel it. I'm, I'm, I swear to God, I'm, I'm sticking to the fucking bed I, and I just, you know, I can't move because, like, it's, it, it's sweaty as fuck in there. I mean, the, the uh, top's been popped, the windows are open, but there's nothing stopping the sun, you know. So, uh, you know, it comes in, fucks up your shit, and then you got to get out of there and, walk, and just fucking run into the air-conditioned house. And usually... This happens around 9 o'clock in the morning, and I run to the house and sleep till about 11 under the aircon because, uh, you know, fuck that. Just putting up with that shit. And, and today was insane. I think I, I woke up again. I woke up at uh, 8.30 today, and um, I was uh, had a mate over, and he was sleeping in the, sleeping in the caravan as well. And, uh, fucking bug. And I woke up. And, uh, eight, eight, I think it was 8.30. And I was like, what the? Fuck? Oh, it's so hot. Like, already it's hot. I checked the fucking thing. 32 degrees already. 32 degrees already. It's what? 8 fucking 30 in the morning. It's 32 degrees already. Couldn't believe it. By 10.30, it reached 36 already, which is insane. And then by 12, you know, you reach your peak. And, well, 12, 1, 2. Yeah, you reach your peak. Literally cannot go outside because you'll melt like a fucking chocolate ice cream. And, um... I don't know why it's a chocolate ice cream. I think it's because I'm eating, um... I've had some... I've had... I had uh, the last few days I've been eating paddle pops. Like as a dessert. Um... bought some paddle pops and I've just been digging into them. I think it's that. We shared, we, had, we had some paddle pops around the pool yesterday as well. And, uh... They melt quite easily. And they melt in your hands and then your hands get all... Your fingers get all sticky and then you yeah, run to the sink and then... Bob's your uncle. Unfortunately, I'm going to be um, yawning a lot during this because I didn't, uh, you know, I did get up, I don't know why, but I woke up early today. Could have slept in a bit, but I didn't. And I've got to get up tomorrow at about quarter to nine because I've got to run the, my then to uh, the vet with uh, her dog so she can get her dog looked at. And then I'm going to run her to, I think she wants to get a haircut, so then I'm going to run her and get a haircut from, um, the joint she goes to, well, we all go to the same joint, but um, she's going to see if she can fit herself in for a haircut, so um, looks like I'm running, running and around all day, but, uh, you know, better than doing nothing, sitting at home doing jack shit at all. Um, tell you what I did do, though, money come in, I got some money off me, uh, cousin for my birthday, and uh, EB Games ended up having a Christmas sale, and I haven't, uh, I needed a new game to play on the PS4, so, um... I'm a massive fan. Like one of my favorite game franchises series is the Assassin's Creed series. Um, you know they've had ups and downs. Um, ups being what, what two Brotherhood, Black Flag, downs obviously being Unity. Uh, fuck Unity was bad. Uh, Revelations, in my opinion, was a downer to me. Uh, number one was you know, number one is more than the start of the door, but uh, Unity, oh god, Unity, old oh, Unity. Syndicate was okay, but uh, uh, actually it was pretty good. Jacob and Evie Fry were good. I liked them, a good protagonist. You know, I like a bit of, I like a character with a bit of personality. So I enjoyed the the characters that had uh, the personality more than um, uh, what's his name, 
more than like your boring characters like uh, like Arno. Well, he had a bit of personality, but not enough, to my opinion. And then you got Altair in the first one, and uh, I thought he got this fucking more. Edward is a funny bloke too. That's why I like Black Flag as well. Uh, fucking what is it? Connor Kenway. He's the worst, easily the worst assassin. Number three. Um, he's easily the worst assassin because he's fucking boring shit. And uh, he's got, he I just didn't care. I just didn't care about him and his story. Like I love the gameplay mechanics and the and the. Uh, finally, because uh, we were just jumping around buildings in number two and Brotherhood, and then we finally get three. And um, and then we're jumping through trees and shit, and that was kind of new, like running through nature. Free running had been improved a bit, and then we, run on, we went on to Unity, and free running was pretty good in Unity. Um, but uh, there's fucking tons of glitches, and oh my god. Arno was okay, but oh, he's not he's not the greatest. Uh, Ezio still by far remains my favorite assassin in the series. Um, and I still haven't bought... I was going to buy the Ezio Trilogy that uh, they remastered for the PlayStation 4, but I haven't done it yet, and I was um, I was thinking about getting it, actually. And um, might actually repurchase Black Flag as well for the PS4, because I've, I've got it on 360, I don't have a PS4. So I'm thinking about, like, kind of building a collection on the PS4, because I think I'm going to have to send... I'm going to have to sell these 360 games that I have, because there's, it's taking up room in the house, and apparently... Uh, my dad wants to sell them as well, so, um, so he's asking me, like, do I want them? I'm just like, no, well, there's not really, we can't use them, because the Xbox 360 is fucked anyway, so we can't really use them. So it looks like we're getting rid of those, um, but I wanted to, I think three you can't get on PS4, I don't even want three, but just to have that, you gotta have that, you know, that, when you're a collector, you gotta have all the things, you know, you gotta have all the games. So I might salvage three. I might salvage all the Assassin's Creed games because I just want to have them there for a collection because I want to have all the Assassin's Creed games, which I do. Um, I don't own Revelations on disc though, but I've played it. I've played them all and finished them, but I have. I just don't own Revelations on disc. That's it. So I think I'm gonna buy the Ezio trilogy, replay two Brotherhood and Revelations. Um, and uh, I own all those. Three, unfortunately, you can't get on the disc. So I'll just keep the Xbox 361. Four, Black Flag, I'll just repurchase and play it again. Um, Syndicate I already own. And uh, yeah, that's what I did yesterday. I went and bought the new Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Origins. Because I wanted to get, and that was, I told myself that was the next game I was going to get. So I went and bought um, Origins. Turns out AB Games is having a Christmas sale. Uh, it's like 69 around, like 70 around everybody else. Uh, 89 somewhere else as well. Like 89? No. So, uh, EB Games turns out 68 bucks at EB Games. Um, like EB Games, when, the, when you know, when, when, when are they not having a fucking sale, you know? And, um, so I, I went, uh, went into there and I, um, went straight for that. Deluxe Edition was 68 bucks. Um, normal version I think was... The same, but the deluxe edition was six dollars. I was like, "Well, it's a no-brainer, deluxe edition." <laughs> so uh, yeah, I went to the camera store that out, and we uh, made jumped a headset, and uh, I think we got the uh, Sims Four, I think. But I, I don't know if you, I want to play that on PlayStation Four. I think I'd rather play that on PC. Speaking of PC, um, 
I'll hopefully we'll be getting one soon. Hopefully we'll be getting a PC soon to um, for gaming it, but also to edit uh, my films on. And um, who knows? There might even be a recut version of Unicorn when I get the time. A recut version of Longland. Um, probably not straying too far away from the the, the original cut, the uh, final cut. Sorry, I have of Longland, but man, I might try something new. Um, there's a few effects that we actually do need to add into the final product of that. And um, beautiful game. Um, editing that too. But that would mean I need to get uh, Avid, which apparently is industry standard. Uh, but I also wouldn't... Um, I also wouldn't want to put myself getting um, getting the Adobe Suite, the Creative Suite, which is um, Photoshop. I love... I fucking love using Photoshop. And... Um, uh, we, After Effects, Premiere. Um, I've used Premiere. Uh, I'm not too versed in it. I think I'm more versed in um, Avid Media Composer. But, um, yeah, I think Premiere was... It seemed easier, but there's probably, like, more to learn about it, you know? So, um, I'm probably going to um, wait for that one. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we're getting that. It's, it's looking around like 2300. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a whew, bit of a spend. I'm looking to get dual screens as well. Um, but I'm going to have to wait, I think, to get the second screen. So, because um, this build is like... The graphics card alone is going to cost me 1200. So, um... So yeah, it's it, it's gonna cost it's gonna cost quite a lot. I'm still hoping this dude I'm gonna get it custom build for me. He still builds PCs too because the last time I spoke to him was February, and that was when I was trying to put something together, and then I realised I didn't have the fucking money, so I uh, didn't speak to him for the rest of the year until now. I hit him up just yesterday about it, and um, he said, "Yeah, man, I can I can um I can hook it up. I can get it done." But I'm still waiting for some um, some money to roll in, and uh, hopefully we'll set that up soon. I'm hoping to play some PUBG, um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. If uh, nobody's a gamer who listens to podcasts, this is turned into a game podcast. Um, hoping to play some uh, yeah, Unknown Battlegrounds. I really wanted to um, have a go of that, and it seems pretty fun. So uh, I wanted to give that a go, and I'm um, just you know. Um, I don't know about GTA 5, I'm pretty. I'm probably going to keep my... I'm too far on the levels to try and do all that shit again. So I'm probably just going to keep my GTA 5 account on my PlayStation 4. Um, but I think after I finish my Grand... After I finish Grand Theft Auto... Sorry, if, after I... Uh, no, maybe I get bored of GTA... Because I think I'm going to have to buy a fucking PS4 Pro set anyway, because it's just too... This PlayStation I have at the moment is only 500 megs, um, gigs, and uh, you got to keep deleting games to try and put more games on there. So, um, and I might have to move up the tier. So yes, I bought Assassin's Creed and I've been playing that lately, and it's it's been really good. It's a really good improvement. Um, I, I like Bayek. He's a he's a he's a cool dude. He's got a personality which I love. I was I was afraid because it was set in ancient Egypt. He wasn't going to be like he was going to have much to say. He was going to be another Connor Kenway. But he's not. He's a, he's a bit of a he's a mix of uh, he's a mix of Edward and he's a bit of a mix of Ezio. You can you can see some Ezio in it in, in him, and um, I like it. I like Bayek, and uh, looking forward to carrying on the adventures with uh, with him. 
the the fight mechanics have been improved a lot as well. Um, it looks like they've mixed in the Dark Souls combat with... Um, uh, I don't know. My mate described it pretty well. He said... Um, so I'm taking words off him. He said they mixed the Dark Souls combat with... Uh, well, something else. It was... Uh... Oh, you know what? I think I've actually forgotten what he said. <laughs> anyway, the point is, the gameplay's improved, the mechanics have improved, and... Um... I'm enjoying it. It's good. Um, it's it's a great addition to the break I've been having. Um, looking, for, I was going to go out Friday night, and uh, I've got a thing on Saturday barbecue. I'm going to attend on Saturday, but um, I was going to go somewhere on Friday night, but um, t- fucking today just got hit with a phone bill, so now I've got to pay that off, um, and then I've got to pay rent next week. So it looks like I'm only going to have like what f- forty bucks for two weeks. So that's going to be fun. Heaps fun. Um, because I had, uh, yeah, the phone bill just eats it up. 90 bucks just eats it. And I'm um, still paying rent while I'm not there. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, just couldn't find any other, other situations to do that. So, I, yeah, I've got to keep paying rent um, while I'm not there for the holidays. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Right, so that's that. Um, let's get to the meat of the podcast because I think we're about twenty minutes in. Um, so I, we talk about disaster artist, and I'll be talking about um, American Made. So let's start with disaster artist, and um, disaster artist is uh, directed by James Franco, stars James Franco, and a whole bunch Dave Franco and a whole bunch of other characters. Oh, a whole bunch of celebrity cameos. Let's holy shit. There's a lot. And if you don't know what Disaster Artist is about, let me fucking tell you. Disaster Artist is about the making of The Room. And if you don't know what The Room is, stop. Stop listening to this podcast. Go somewhere, um, however you find your movies, and find The Room. It's from 2003. Um, it stars Tommy Wiseau uh, and Greg Sestero. And I couldn't give a fuck who the other people are. Um... But pretty much everyone who is in the film community knows who Tommy Wiseau is and knows what The Room is. It's the greatest, worst movie ever made, apparently, arguably. Um, people have different opinions on everything else. But it's just... A where it, it gains a cult following. When it first came out, it got... Um, it sank. Um, but then, over the years, it has gained a cult following because of, of just how good of a movie it is and um in 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 a bad like in a bad sense but how like just it's 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 great it's it's weird it's the greatest that's why it's got the greatest worst movie ever made there's some movies that are so bad they're unwatchable there's so movies that are so bad they're good and this tends to be the king of the hill when it comes to so bad it's good um, there's so many memorable quotes that everybody goes to. There's midnight screenings around the world, um, fully packed crowds with spoons. Everybody recites the lines when you're in the theater. I have yet to be to go to one of these things, and I really fucking want to go to one of them because I just heard it's a, just an insane experience, especially cinematically, when you're um, with a whole bunch of cr- people who have 
watch this same movie over and over again and know so much about it. And uh, yeah, just be crazy to be in that room. Fuck, it's hot. Holy shit. I'm just now noticing I'm not the fan on either because <clears throat> I got something caught my throat. You're fucking kidding me, aren't you? Um, the fan, I haven't put on a fan yet because, um, it's going to fuck with the microphone, obviously, and you can't really be able to hear me. So, um, that's why the fan's not on, as if in case you really wanted to fucking know. <laughs> so the room gets made. <clears throat> Everybody sees it. Celebrities as well. And this movie comes out this year called The Disaster Artist, and it's based off the book written by Greg Sestero, who played Mark in the room. Um... So it's based off the book. James Franco was so fascinated with his subject material that he wanted to portray Tommy Wiseau. Holy shit, he does a fantastic job. Let me tell you that right now. I'm talking Oscar consideration for James Franco as Tommy Wiseau. <coughs> wow. Now, he's got the Golden Globe nomination, which we'll be talking about in a sec. But um, I think he should be at least considered for an Oscar nomination. I don't think he'll obviously win, but... I just think he should be nominated at least because I think it's incredible. He nailed Tommy Wiseau. He nailed the performance. He nailed all the little mannerisms he has. And um, just... It's hard to do that bloke's accent. Where the fuck's he from? He always says he's from New Orleans. And then the other day he says he's from Europe. Somewhere in Europe. I don't know. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. Because I think Franco brought him on Jimmy Kimmel. And... Um, but now we know we kind of like, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Like, we don't know how old he is either. We also don't know where he got the money from because the film, The Room, is said to have a $6 million budget. Yeah, that The Room, yeah. <coughs> don't worry, we all watch the same film. He, um, yeah, $6 million, uh, $6 million budget. Apparently, it was a bottomless pit of money his bank account was, and we don't, he doesn't know where he was getting it from. So there's been many, there's been many uh, uh, speculations, theories of where he might have got the money from, how the fuck this thing was made, um, and I'm really fascinated now to actually read the book, The Disaster Artist. I've never read the book before, but I'm, I've seen The Room a few times, and I just remember that it just been so bad, and I watched it a few times after that, and I was just like, this is incredible. And then everybody shares this this love for this film. And then finally, a film gets made from the book. Because uh, I, honestly, I didn't know the book existed until I heard about um, the film being made. And I watched the first trailer, and I was hooked. I was like, I need to, uh, yeah, I need to see this. This is fucking. The first trailer was so hilarious. Um, yeah, great trailer. I think it's one of the best trailers of the year. Um, not that. Not that to, that's a thing. What trailers of the year? But um, it's a really enjoyable trailer. Well done. A twenty four as well. Fucking nailing it again. Knocking it out of the park with these films. Um, they've had a great run this year with um in terms of film things they've produced. And Disaster Artist being a welcome addition to that. Um, now if you haven't seen the room, especially if you haven't seen the Disaster Artist, but if you haven't seen the room, <clears throat> this kind of my thoughts on it are going to be quite spoiler heavy because. Come on, the room's been out for, what, 14 years now? So, um... Yeah. You've been warned about spoilers here. Um, just everything about this film is... 
just just so just great. Just I couldn't believe it. The Room is such a terrible film, but The Disaster Artist is just this great film, and it's about you know you're making your dreams come true, you're doing it yourself, not relying on other people. Um, you know, you do it with your friends and everything, but it's about having a dream. It's about having a vision. And it, it became clear when I watched this film that, you know, he may be like this fucking, he may be like this crazy dude, this wacky dude. Um, to me, I never had anything against him because, <coughs> fuck, this thing's called my throat. It's going to stay in there forever um, for the rest of this podcast. I it's going to annoy the fucking shit out of me. Um, yeah, to me, he just never really bothered me because he never really did anything wrong. He just made this crazy fucking crazy bad movie um, that is just this beautiful enigma of bad and good uh, that you just can't... People are trying to figure out. It's crazy. But I, I never... I had a, a sense of respect to him, especially since going to film school. And learning to have this vision as a director and learning as a writer to try and build um, a world. And then you have a singular vision that's, that's what you want to make and then you go out and you make it. And I've already made three films now of that um, based off that mentality. And um, which is kind of essential. <laughs> and I just understood this dude had a dream. He wanted to make a film. And he did it. He actually, he actually did it. He made the film. He did not give up. He made the film. But there, there was a lot of problems along the way, and this is what this movie explores: the, all the things that happened during the production, and how, how exactly this thing got fucking greenlit. And it's just an incredible story. It's just a very fascinating story. Um, I love how Tommy Wiseau is portrayed from James Franco. Dave Franco also does a fucking great job of, of portraying um, Greg Sestero. There's some fucking great cameos in it. Seth Rogen is great as the director of photography. Sandy, what's his name? Sandy someone? Now you got Paul Shear in it too. You had uh, Zach Efron as Chris R. You had Josh Hutchison as Danny. Um, Jackie Weaver as um, Lisa's mother. And then you had Ari Grainer, I think is that her name? Ari Grainer as uh, Lisa. And uh, then, there, then there's even more cameos, and oh my god. It's crazy. It And right off the bat, I was just fascinated by how many celebrities had seen this movie and just loved it. Like, it's been a favorite of theirs for a very long time, ever since experiencing it. And um, that was just really cool to see. The, the amount of celebrities that talk about this thing... And the beginning of the film, when it starts, is just... It's just... I don't know. It's just cool. It's just cool to hear the celebrities just rave about this shitty movie. <laughs> and how much... You can just tell how much of a following this thing has. Because so many people have seen it. And now people have come to appreciate it as this just... This beautiful art man. Artful mess. But to me, I came, and I never intended, or never predicted, expected really, to come out of the disaster artist so inspired, and just so driven to create something else, to create something more, because 
that's what the thing I learned. This dude had a vision, and he did it. He just he did it. He didn't. He took no for an answer, and he did it. He there's bumps along the road, but there's always bumps along the road with filmmaking. There is always going to be bumps along the road with filmmaking, and he just did it. He did not give up, and he was so fucking tenacious in a way that was kind of that was very annoying to everyone around him, but the people that did believe in him, like Greg, still wanted to be by his side. And try to get this thing finished. And uh, it's just a great... It's just a great uh, experience at the movies. I think it's one of the best films of the year. It's probably going to be in my top ten. Um, another very inspirational movie. Like Brigsby Bear. That just wants you to make... Wants me to... It'll, it'll, you'll, want to you'll want to get out there and make something. Because after seeing that, I want to make, I want to just make something else. I want to create something else. I don't care what the fuck I use, an iPhone or a, a, a Samsung or anything. I, I wrote ideas down on my phone straight after the movie. Um, as we were driving, driving out of Charlestown, I was, dri- I was writing these ideas down on my phone. Because um, I knew exactly what I had to make, but I just never had the drive or the motivation to do it at the moment. But after seeing that, I'm like, you know what, let's just fucking do it. Let's do it these holidays before I get back to Sydney. And, um, yeah, so thank you to, thank you to James Franco, actually, to actually bringing it out, um, getting it, you know, <clears throat> um, getting it, uh, getting it made, getting it, you know, getting people to know about it, and, um, thank you to Tommy Wiser, you know, thank you, Tommy, for, uh, you're a nutcase, bro, but you're a, you're a nutcase, but you're a, inspirational in the weirdest fucking way possible. And um, that's all I can say about Disaster Artist. It's a recommended viewing for me, and I think you're going to really enjoy yourself, especially if you're a fan of The Room. Um, I, I, I do suggest watching The Room, because I don't know why you would watch The Disaster Artist without watching The Room first. It's just, you wouldn't understand many things. But you need to watch The Room before you go watch Disaster Artist, because then you're going to obviously understand the whole thing. Um, especially if you if you have seen The Room, I watched the, I watched the room again the night before and it was everything was so fresh I knew all the lines again and it was just awesome. So I recommend watching the room maybe like the night before or like before you go to see the disaster artist because your experience is just going to be much better. So an excellent film, uh, one of the best of the year. Moving on, just like I don't know, like half an hour ago. Um, well, yeah, we've been going for half an hour already. Uh, about, about, about 40 minutes ago, I, uh, just finished watching, uh, American Made, which is Doug Liman's, uh, film from this year about Barry Seal, who, um, originally was taking photos for the CIA of the, uh, of the enemies of the border, and, uh, of their enemies, um, I said that already, and then he gets mixed up with doing, uh, running drugs for Pablo Escobar and the Medellin cartel in, um, Colombia. And then he just gets his hand in more pots, and he just because he's he just wants to he's a crazy dude. Um, and it's a true story. This shit actually happened. It's crazy. This shit actually happened. Um, what I gotta say? I love Tom Cruise in this movie. He's always just bringing it. He's so charismatic. I love just I just love his on-screen presence. He just brings it every time. He brings it every time. His southern accent's a bit. Ugh. Uh, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's Tom Cruise, so, um, 
I didn't I didn't really didn't really throw me off. Sarah Wright was really good in this film too. I remember seeing her in Twenty One and Over with um Justin Chong and I mean it's Justin Chong and um Miles Teller and um what's his name? Stellan. Stella? Austin <coughs> The guy who played Jesse in Pitch Perfect, what's what's his name? Ah, his name's escaping me in a second. I think it's Austin... Stellan Austin? I need to look this up. <laughs> okay. Twenty-one and over. Oh, it's fucking right. It was, it was Justin Tron. Uh, where is he? Oh, fucking hell. I don't know the mouse. I don't know the mouse. So I'll go use the... Skylar Austin. Skylar Aston, my bad. Skylar Aston. Anyway, that Sarah Wright was from that film, and that was you know take it as you will. You you liked it or you loved it. Uh, you liked it or you hated it. Doesn't matter. I I found it enjoyable. Um, I still watched it a few few more times with my uh, my brother especially. Um, we liked like the film. But Sarah Wright was um, like she was a kind of a small role, and that was the first time I saw her. And then she yeah she's really stepped up, hasn't she? She's come a long way. Um, and she's in this film as, uh, Lucy, which is Barry Seal's wife. They own two children, I believe. And, uh, Barry Seal started working for the TWA as an airplane pilot. <clears throat> and then he gets approached by Schaefer, who works for the CIA, to take photos and surveillance of their enemies. And then while he's in Colombia, he gets mixed up with Pablo Escobar. I, I don't know the other bloke's names. But, um, and the Medellin cartel, pretty much. And, uh, starts running... Drug, uh, drugs for them, Colum Columbia cocaine, and then he starts running guns for them too, and then he starts running guns for the CIA. This dude did a lot of crazy shit, and then, and then Tom Cruise says that in the movie, this is where shit went crazy. Now it does it like half of the movie, because then it just goes. Oh, I just couldn't believe what I was watching, that these were actually true events. It was absolutely insane. Um... Lyman and Cruz go well together, especially their last outing um, with Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, that was pretty enjoyable. I loved how it was filmed. I loved the documentary style of it. It made you just... It gave it more of that realistic aesthetic. And, um... And it made you feel like you were, like were kind of there. Like, there was, there was a doco crew there watching this thing happen. And everyone was there. So I, I liked... The choice he made to make it kind of like a handheld documentary kind of style to get you, um, like this frenetic kind of camera work going on. And, um, I like the narration. <clears throat> I just like how it was all done. It was done really well. I really, it's really done really well. It's, it's, it's a, quite an enjoyable film. It's quite entertaining. You just can't believe what you're watching on screen, that this is actually real. This actually happened. This man did these things, and these things actually went down. And it's oh, it's crazy, the things that happened. But if you don't know the story about Barry Seal, it's quite fascinating. And don't read anything. I'm going to read. Some, start reading stuff later, but don't read anything before you watch American Made. I, I recommend you watch the film first, and then you kind of like read up, because I think that's what I did with War Dogs, because I was kind of interested... By what happened with that film? Then I watched it. Then I read the article, Arms and the Dudes, and uh, then I was more interested. And I was like, "This is insane! This is crazy!" And then American Made. I'm probably gonna do the same thing. Um, yeah. So Tom Cruise was great. Sarah Wright was great. Um, Donald Sutherland was um, 
No, Donald Sutherland, what am I doing? Donald Gleason, sorry. Donald Sutherland's the old bloke. Uh, Donald Gleason. Um, he was great as Schaefer, the CIA agent. Um, he's normally an Irish bloke, but he's um, putting on an American accent here. And, um, yeah. He was he was good. He was he was good. He was he was the guy that kept coming kept coming to Barry Seal and saying, "Look, this is the next job." And Barry Seal just pretty much grins and bears it and does the next thing. This guy was doing insane things. Oh my god, he's insane things. <clears throat> Soon he gets chased by the FBI, the IFA, the DEA, the state police. Insane. It's crazy, man. What happened? Um, and it's all a fucking true story. <laughs> oh man. Um, just, yeah, the aesthetic was, again, going back to the aesthetic and the filmmaking and the tone of it, um, it's, it's kind of a weird tone to go with it because it's such a black comedy kind of way he, Lyman approaches it, how these events are kind of tragic and devastating because this is about the war on drugs in 1988, 89, I think. No, what the fuck? That's, that's not right. 78, 78, 79, 81, because I think he died in 86, I think. And um, it was around that area where Ronald Reagan was president, and there was currently a war on drugs um, in that during that time. So uh, you know, shit was getting a bit crazy there. <clears throat> and we had uh, Contras in, um, I think it was Nicaragua. And um, just I'm just going back to all the film, you know how it's all done. Um, what well, sorry, what was in the film? Uh, and just, yeah, the way he approached it was, uh, he kind of, like, made light of the issue. There was, there was a lot of, there was some serious stuff going on, but it, it still, it maintained that comedic tone throughout the film, that just, that black comedy style kind of thing, using the documentary filmmaking, the 70s, the 70s aesthetic, um, even the visuals, uh, the font he used for some of the, some of the things, the music he uses, and, uh, the camera work as well, really, um, just goes with that style. And um, I think Lyman, he's he's he did a good job. I I <clears throat> look, it was it was it's dark subject matter, but just the way I'm I was okay with the way he did it because I think it was a serious thing. I'd probably still be interested, but it wouldn't be as entertaining to me if it wasn't. So it sounds kind of weird to say, but I kind of liked how he went with that comedic style, and um, added that levity throughout the film with um with all the choices that he made as a director in his vision so um like all in all american made was a very enjoyable film i'm probably going to make my honorable mentions for the year because i really i did enjoy it and um if you haven't seen it yet i think it's a good film and i think you should check it out if you like edge of tomorrow especially uh the cooperation the uh sorry the collaboration between tom cruise and doug lyman Another great collaboration between those two. And um, some great performances from Sarah Wright and um, Donald, uh, Donald Gleason. And I recommend it. There you go. Right. <clears throat> Let's get to the bloody meat of this thing, eh? We've uh, covered those two recommended movies. Go and see them. Um, go and seek them out. Let's talk Golden Globes. Now, the Golden Globes were um, announced a couple of days ago. I've got the full list. I've got the full list here of nominations, but I've, t I've chosen the uh, categories that kind of matter most to me um, in movies. But I've chosen. I've chosen to go with a 
um, a TV um, category with drama. So we're just going to go for the nominations and I'm going to give my thoughts on those. And we're just going to... We'll start right now, eh? So um, I'm going to start with... Uh, I'm going to start with... I'm going to start with screenplay. So uh, we have... There's five choices for all of these. So screenplay, we've got Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Elizabeth Hanna for The Post. Martin McDonough for uh, Three Billboards Outside Edmond, Missouri. And Aaron Sorkin for Molly's Game. Uh, now, happy with Guillermo del Toro. Yes, Greta Gerwig. Yes, for Lady Bird. Elizabeth Hanna for The Post. I haven't seen The Post yet. I also haven't seen any of these films, actually. <laughs> I haven't seen any of these films, so I'm going based off pure buzz and um, word of mouth. And just how much um, notoriety everything's getting. All these films are getting. I really want to see Three Ball Worlds Outside in Missouri, and I've Mark McDonough's a fantastic screenwriter. Um, started as a playwright, if you didn't know that. So, um, happy to see that. Um, I love In Bruges, one of my favourite films of all time, and I love Seven Psychopaths. So I'm really keen to see... Three Bullboards Outside of Missouri. I love Francis McDormand. I fucking love Sam Rockwell. I love Woody Harrelson. What a cast. I mean, where can you go wrong, man? And it's she's getting awards by Francis McDormand. And we'll talk... We, she'll be... She's mentioned in a bit, so... We'll get to her. Um, Gail Del Toro for The Shape of Water. Now, I'm interested in seeing this film. Um, <clears throat> apparently, it's got stellar performances. And, of course, great... Um, more great practical um, makeup for um, Doug Jones playing the uh, fish person. Uh, so that was good. <clears throat> That's cool to see. I'm happy with that. Uh, Greta Gerwig, incredible. Isn't this incredible? Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, which um, um, Saoirse Ronan stars in. And it's uh, about her growing up in, I think it was... I think it's... Was it... Uh, was it Seattle? I'm probably way off the mark here. Look, I don't want to fucking... I don't want to make a mistake. <laughs> Even though this... You know, it's kind of bananas, this going off the rails and shit. But, um... Yeah, let's have a look here. Let's have a look. Okay, Ladybird. Sacramento. Sacramento. <coughs> Yeah, it started with S. It's pretty close. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Isn't that astounding? Uh, Greta Gerwig. Uh, her, f her directorial debut and she lands a Golden Globe nomination for screenplay. Fantastic. Um, I've heard I've heard many great things about Lady Bird and I'm very excited to see that And when it comes to cinemas here in February. 20, um, February 15th, 2018. Um, Elizabeth Hanna. I believe she has a writing partner as well for The Post, but I'll just... So I'll just so I don't leave him out. I will look up the post right now. Uh, Josh Singer. Elizabeth Hanger and Josh Singer for The Post. Uh, the Post just looks like a, great, a crazy Oscar bait movie. As soon as you see Spielberg, sorry, Spielberg, Streep and Hanks, I mean, that's of course going to get nominations. Um, just, on the ba on, just on the star power alone. Just on the names attached to it, it's just going to get nominations. Um... I'm not going to go into what it's about because we're just going to cover these nominations, but yeah, that's there. 
Um, and Aaron Sorkin for Molly's Game, for his directorial debut as well for Molly's Game. Now, Sorkin writes some great screenplays, some great dialogue as well in his screenplays. And uh, so it's no surprise that he has written, he's probably written a good script here for Molly's Game. And uh, no surprise that he's been nominated here. Now, I think I'm going to give like my own choice. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to give my own kind of like um, opinions as well to kind of slide in. I'm going to say something I'd probably take out and something I'd put in. Um, I would probably take out Elizabeth Hanna and I would probably put in Jordan Peele for Get Out. So, um, because Get Out is fucking awesome. One of the best films of the year. Um, either Get Out or I'd probably put, based off Buzz and um, No Right Alone, I'd probably do, um, I think it's Luca Guadagnino for Call Me By Your Name. Because I've heard that film is crazy. Like, getting crazy buzz. Uh, Guadagnino? Did he, did he write it too? Oh, it's James Ivory. Sorry, James. Uh, James Ivory for screenplay. But, um, no, my choice would probably be taking out Elizabeth Hanna and putting in, um, Jordan Peele for Get Out. Moving on. <clears throat> for a, um, supporting actress in a, uh, movie. So, supporting actress, we have Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. Um, Hong, is it Hong Chow? Hong Chow? Ciao. I want to say that. I want to say that name right. I've written these names quite fast, so I don't. Um, they may seem a bit, may seem a bit blurry to me. Also, it's fucking hot as shit in here. So um. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah. So I might, might be losing my, uh, might be not thinking well because I'm sweating like a sweating bullets in here. Hong Xiao for downsizing. Uh, Alison Jenny for Itonia. Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Um, happy with these. Octavia Spencer, yes. Laurie Metcalf, yes. Alison Jenny, apparently it's a stellar performance in Itonia. Hong Xiao for downsizing. Um, I'm not too familiar with Chong Chow. Mary J. Bly for uh, Mudbound. Um, that was... I haven't seen Mudbound yet, but that's on Netflix, so I should actually go and watch that. Um, <clears throat> look. I'm going to take out Hong Chow just because I'm not familiar, but that's just... It's kind of unfair. I know. It's kind of unfair. And I'm going to put in... Ooh, what am I going to put in? You know what? I'm going to come back to that one. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to think of movies I've seen this year that had a great supporting actress. There's been a few. You know what? Alison Williams. But she's a lead, though. You can't really say she's supporting because she's a lead. Yeah, no. That's not fair. She's a lead. Um, oh, fuck, man. I can't think. I wish I'd be fine. <laughs> My phone's got the fucking list. Can't put in. Ah, uh, you look. I'll come back to that one. But I'm happy with those, and that that's um, good stuff. <laughs> uh, supporting actor: Willem Dafoe for the De Florida Project, Army Hammer for Call Me by Your Name, Richard Jenkins for The Shake of Water, 
Christopher Plummer for the, all the money in the world and Sam Rockwell for three billboards outside of Evan, Missouri. Happy with all of these. Um, I really want to see the Florida Project because Sean Baker made a great film with Tangerine, even on a fucking iPhone. It was, it was a really good film. So I'm really keen to see what he does with the Florida Project. And I've heard it got some great bars coming out of Sundance. Um, and I've heard Will the first performance is greater than that. I've heard um, Army Hammer's performance is greater than Coin by a Name, although Timothy Chalamet was a standout, apparently. Um, Richard Jenkins apparently is a massive um, turnaround in Shape of Water. Now, I'm saying apparently a lot because I just wish I'd seen these films, but we live in Australia, so um, they haven't been released yet. Christopher, it's just, this is what I find weird. Christopher Plummer has literally replaced, just replaced Kevin Spacey for all the money in the world. They've literally been doing reshoots for the last few months, I think. Last month or so. And he's already been nominated for all the money in the world. So I, so I think the Hollywood Foreign Press has already got, they've either watched an unfinished version, or they're just doing it based on star power. So, yeah, and I'll get into that in a bit. My personal pick would probably be, um... <clears throat> My personal pick would probably be Sam Rockwell. Uh, Sam Rockwell for three billboards because I just love Sam Rockwell. <laughs> um, I know, I know, I know. I'm just going to keep saying it. it's not fair that I'm just, you know, because I haven't even seen these films, but I'm just going to go off that. Um, I just like to speculate, you know? Um, I'm just going to get my phone really quickly. You know, it's just gonna, you're going to be here a bit silent air and... Um, well, there's going to be a bit of a jump, but it's just me getting my phone, so. Okay, right. <clears throat> now, I've got the films here. I'm just going to put this phone on silent, just in case someone decides to do a little message. Right, where are my, where are my films? Here we go. Okay, um... Let's have a look here. You know what? Harrison Ford for Blade Runner 2049. And I'd probably take out Christopher Plummer. And I would put in Harrison Ford for Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. That's what I'll do. And uh, let's move on. Uh, let's move on now for um, Actress in a Comedy. Now, these are some interesting ones. Actress in a comedy, we have Judy Dench for Victoria and Abdul. We have Helen Mirren for The Leisure Seeker, which I've never fucking heard of. Uh, Margot Robbie for Itonia. Saoirse Ronan for um, Lady Bird and Emma Stone for The Battle of the Sexes. Um, look, there's some great choices here. Margot Robbie, especially for Itonia, I've heard some great things. Saoirse Ronan, like, there's no, no brainer um, for Lady Bird. Lady Bird has a, a, a lot of nominations, um, but there's something I'm not... I'll, I'll get into in a bit, but um, it's got a few nominations. <clears throat> Emma Stone, Battle of Sexes. Mm, yeah. Look. Some good choices here, but... But... Personally, I think I'd take out... I'm just going to take out Helen Mirren because I've never heard of The Leisure Seeker. Or Judy Dench because Victoria and Abdul wasn't that great of a movie, to be honest. So I might take out Judy Dench. You know what? I'll take out Judy Dench because I have seen Victoria and Abdul. So I'll take out Judy Dench and I'll put in um, Aubrey Plaza for Ingrid Goes West. 
because I think she, I reckon she deserves nomination for that film. That was a, that was a, that was a good film, and that was her best performance of her career so far, in my opinion. So um, I put in Orbit Plaza, for. Orbit Plaza for Ingrid Goes West, or. I put Zoe Kazan for The Big Sick, and I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna get into that in a minute. Zoe Kazan for The Big Sick. Uh, moving on to actor and a comedy. Steve Carell for The Battle of the Sexes. Ansel Elgort for Baby Drive. Bit of a surprise there. James Franco for The Disaster Artist. Hugh Jackman for The Greatest Showman. And Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. Um, again, good choices. Ansel, um, Ansel. Ansel Elgort was uh, quite a surprise. Hugh Jackman. Now, this is, this is, this is a weird one. The Greatest Showman is not even out yet. Not even out in America. Not even out in the United States at all. It has not been seen by critics. Has not been probably hasn't been seen by the HFPA. So, this just goes to show that the HFPA just wants the biggest stars there to be at the ceremony. And um, now a second. And uh, they don't really, you know, again, like they're just giving an award to someone who just like because they just like him he's a, he's a big star Hugh Jackman wouldn't be great if Hugh Jackman was here like that's just that shit and like I went on a bit of a tangent with my mate the Savo about a bit of an argument no, not an argument just a bit of a rant but I'm not going to do it here because I'm actually running out of time here but um yeah look that that's bullshit <laughs> just leave it at that eh um I'd take out actually that's not a comedy look Hugh Jackman can come in somewhere else actually um, look, I'd take out Hugh Jackman, and I'll put in either um, Kamal Nanjiani for a big sick, or Kyle Mooney for Brigsby Bear. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. And uh, everything else, uh, my pick would be out of that. Ooh, it's a hard one. James Franco or Daniel Kaluuya? Wow, it's a hard one. Look, I'm going to go James Franco. Um, but my second choice would be Daniel Kaluuya. I haven't seen Battle of the Sexes yet, so Steve Carell is not like I just can't say anything about it. Anza Logot was, was really a surprise for that. Baby Driver hasn't been nominated anywhere else. It's just Anza Logot. So that was weird. That's, see, that's another choice where it's like, wouldn't it be cool if, like, Angelo Logot was there from Fault in Our Stars and I want to impress my granddaughter. Like, that's just, that's just that again. Like, I just can't get over that shit. Greatest Showman's not even out yet. That's the... Anyway. Alright, Kyle. <laughs> Give it a rest. Um, moving on to Actress in a Drama. Jessica Chastain for Molly's Game. Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand for The Three Bullworlds Outside of Missouri, Meryl Streep for The Post, and Michelle Williams for All the Money in the World. Uh, look, again, great choices here. Just take out Meryl Streep. Just, I'm going to take out Meryl Streep. And um, I would put in... What's the drama? Oh, shit, sorry. Hmm... Hmm. That one's a hard one, isn't it? 
You know what? Elizabeth Olsen for Wind River. What about that? Just what about that? Just what about it? Just chuck it in there, eh? Elizabeth Olsen for Wind River. Now, there's other movies that are probably out there that are, you know, people people be thinking of other than that, but movies that I've seen this year, I'd probably go with Elizabeth Olsen for um, Wind River because this is an unpopular opinion, but I cannot fucking stand Meryl Streep. And uh, she will... She can shit on someone's face and they can eat it and she'll get nominated for it. So... And that's just a fact. Um, Because, come on. (coughs) Who the fuck thought Florence Foster Jenkins was going to get a fucking Oscar? And and, a mediocre movie at best. And then she gets fucking nominated just for that, just because she's fucking Meryl Streep. She's getting, she gets, she's nominated just because she's Meryl Streep. Come on. Wake, wake up. Um, and I know some people are going to fight me about it. Fight me about it. I don't give a fuck. I can't stand her. And uh, I know some other people that can't stand her as well. Um, yeah. So I take her out and I probably put in, yeah, I probably put in Elizabeth Olsen for Wind River, which is quite unpopular opinion, but that's just basically movies that I've seen. Um, <clears throat> so that's that. Other than that, great choices. Um, out of anyone's, I would probably want Frances McDormand to take it because I think she's great, and I think she should be probably. She looks great in the trailer for Three Billboards, and I've heard some good perform- um good things about her performance in that film. So hopefully Frances McDormand will take that one. Um, did I say who's, who should take it? I think either Saoirse Ronan or Margot Robbie should take it for a comedy actress. So. That's that my that's that's my two cents for that bit. Actor in a drama. Big big one. Timothy Chalamet for a call me by your name, Daniel Day Lewis for the Phantom Fred, Tom Hanks for the Post, Gary Oldman for the Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for I think it was uh something Israel I've never fucking heard of this movie. But another movie I've never heard of. And it's just in there. Um Well, it's not even out here. Like, I've just never heard of it. Uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire, I think it is. Roman J. Israel Esquire. Um, like, I'm sure he's great in that. He's Denzel Washington. I'm sure he's great in that. Um, but my personal opinion, my personal pick out of all these, my personal pick, I would love to see Timothy Chalamet get it. Um, for Call Me By Your Name, you know, I haven't seen the film yet, but I've heard it's just wonderful. Um, and I do, I think I've seen him in something else, Timothy Chalamet, I did like him. So, um, yeah. Um, who knows, Daniel Day-Lewis could get it for The Phantom Fred. Um, that's going to be a, um, a favourite, I think. But I would love to see Timothy Chalamet get it. However, I'm going to inject my own. Who am I going to take out? Who am I going to take out? Look, I'm just going to take out, I'm just going to take out Denzel Washington just because I haven't seen that film. And I'm going to put... What have we got here? Either Brian Gosling for Breadwinner 2049, or... No, 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 take out Ryan Gosling. Will Poulter for Detroit, or Hugh Jackman from comedy, Hugh Jackman for Logan. Yeah, that's me. Um, and that's, but my personal pick out of those will probably be Timothy Chalamet. So that'd be, that'd be interesting to see who gets that one. 
Moving on to films. Um, <clears throat> film, your comedy films are Disaster Artist, Get Out, The Greatest Showman. I mean, why? I, Tonya, and Lady Bird. Everything's great here. Everything's great except The Greatest Showman. What the fuck is that doing in there? Take The Greatest Showman out and put the biggest snub of the Golden Globes in, The Big Sick. Put The Big Sick in there um, for a film comedy. And that would probably be my... It's it's tough, actually. It's tough. If I take out The Greatest Showman and put The Big Sick in, I've still got my three favourites, Get Out, Big Sick, and The Disaster Artist. And those three are probably going to be my top ten of the year as well, so... Um, yeah, man, that's the biggest snub of the Golden Globes. The Big Sick is the biggest snub of the Golden Globes of, um, of 2018. Holy shit. Screenplay at least. Come on. Uh, so my pick would probably be out of these, if I had to choose one, I'm going to go with Get Out. <clears throat> I love The Disaster Artist, but I'm going to go with Get Out. I just think it's a very unique film. Um, it's, it's not really a comedy, but I think Get Out should be in a different category altogether, to be honest. So if we're going to go for comedy, I mean, Get Out's pretty funny. The whole subject matter behind it and the, the, the dark comedic tones that are through it, throughout it, are funny. Disaster Artist, though, is a full-on comedy through and through. So, actually, I might change my pick to Disaster Artist just so I don't... You know, share on Get Out by getting a fucking put in the comedy category for Golden Glows, which is really confusing. So I, my pick would probably go to The Disaster Artist. So yeah. But God, take out The Greatest Showman and put Big Sick in there. Oh my God. <sighs> anyway, moving on to drama. Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Edmond, Missouri. Great picks. Great picks here. Um, and Dunkirk's, a, you know, that's that was surefire. Call Me By Your Name, great seeing that. Shape of Water, great seeing that. And obviously Three Bulboids Outside in Missouri, great seeing that. Um, look, I'm going to take out the post. And I'm going to put in... What am I going to put in? What am I going to put in? I'm going to put in Detroit. I'm going to put in Detroit. Um, just... Or over that, or Killing of a Sacred Deer, but I don't think Killing of a Sacred Deer would like weird, would be really weird for the Golden Globes. So just for Golden Globes' sake, I'm just going to go Detroit and slide in Detroit instead of the post. Um, but my personal pick out of all of those would probably be Through Billboards Outside of Missouri. However, I'd love to say Call Me By Your Name, get it. Um, and I can't wait to see that film when it comes out. It's coming out Boxing Day, so I'll be going to see that. And Three Billboards comes out New Year's Day, so I've got some films to see. Um, now, there's something I have forgotten, actually. I've forgotten director. So we're going to go through director really quickly. And there's a few stumps in here, too, I think. I just literally... I literally just Google search director. <laughs> um, Golden Globes 2018. Noms. Here we go. Let's get the Full list. Let's get the director. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Running out of time here. 
Oh, here we go, here. Here we go. Okay, so director we have Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water, Mark McDonough for Three Billboards, Three Billboards Outside in Missouri, Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Ridley Scott for All the Money in the World, and Steven Spielberg for The Post. Good picks here. Um, I'm going to take out Ridley Scott for All the Money in the World. And I'm going to put in Get Out. I'm going to put in Jordan Peele for Get Out. Or, I'm going to take out Steven Spielberg for The Post and give it to Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. Because I think she should get a Best Director nomination. Um, I mean, here's some great things. And as soon as I see Lady Bird, and I'm probably going to be right about it, that she should be getting Director. She should get an Oscar nomination as well, I think. Um, so, Jordan Peele, yes, for Get Out. And... Um... You know what? Unpopular opinion. Michael Showalter for The Big Sick. Let's just put The Big Sick in there again. Uh, but really, my personal pick, yeah, Jordan Peele for Get Out, replacing Ridley Scott for All the Men in the World, but my personal pick out of all of those would probably be Martin McDonough for The Pre-It Warboards Outside of Missouri. Because that'd be great to see him get it, wouldn't it? Uh, but it's probably going to go to either Christopher Nolan or Steven Spielberg, to be honest. Um... I mean, that's just... Come on. That's, that's, that's just what it's going to be. Um, and then this last one I want to run through, um, just for TV, was drama TV series. Um, and, your, and your nominations were Game of Thrones, The Crown, Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, and This Is Us. I haven't seen This Is Us, I haven't seen The Handmaid's Tale, and I haven't seen The Crown. Um, season 7 was quite solid season for Game of Thrones, so I'm going to go with Game of Thrones. Um, I still haven't seen season 2 of Stranger Things, I know, fucking shoot me, holy shit shoot me. Um, I just haven't got through it because of how busy I've been. So, um, I'll get, I'll be probably finishing that in the holidays. And, um, getting through that. <clears throat> right. Um... Handmaid's Tale, I've heard some really good things about too, so I'll probably be checking out Handmaid's Tale as well. Um, especially Elizabeth... Is Elizabeth Moss? Is that, is that her name? Elizabeth Moss? Who, uh, she plays the lead character? I'm pretty sure it's Elizabeth Moss. I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna put all my money on this. I'm gonna be right about it. Let's give it a go. Yeah, I was right. And, uh, yeah, so I'd probably go to Game of Thrones. I haven't seen The Crown. Um, I'm not really interested in seeing The Crown, to be honest. Uh, but I really want to see Handmaid's Tale and Stranger Things. This Is Us also doesn't really interest me as well. I've heard it's a really I've heard it's a really tragic show and really great drama, but I'm just not really interested in it. And uh, I'm not going to be forced to watch things I don't like or not interested in. So my personal pick would probably be Game of Thrones. However, it'd be cool to see Handmaid's Tale get it, or even Stranger Things, because Handmaid's Tale I think took home the Emmy. I'm pretty sure. So um, yeah, and those, and that's it. That's all I'm talking about. The Golden Globe nominations. Let me just read it again. The Big Sick. What the fuck? <laughs> Come on. One of the best films of the year. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, and that's that's it. Look. It's been a great, uh, been great talking to you guys. Um, go watch Disaster Artist. Please watch American Made. Please watch both of those films. Um, give me your thoughts on the Golden Globes if you want to reach out on the Facebook page and give it, and give me a chat. Or you can DM me on Instagram. We can talk about it. Um, I'll be 
who knows? You might you might hear from me on Thursday. You might hear from me. No, you might hear from me on Tuesday. You might hear from me on Thursday. But um, you probably will be hearing from me on Thursday because I think on Thursday I want to do uh, our list podcast for the year. And I'm thinking about getting my uh, good friend Jordan Wood on, and we're going to give our two. We're going to give our two lists for the best films of the year. We're going to say our best films, our worst films, and honorable mentions. It's going to be. That's always a really fun podcast. I really enjoyed doing it last year. And, um, it was really cool to talk, talk about all the films of the year. So, um, that'd be fun. So I'm probably going to do that next week because I don't think there's anything coming out between then. So, um, look, I'm going to probably do that next week and get that done. Um, and I might do an Oscar prediction podcast as well. I'm not too sure about that one yet. I'd probably do it. I might do it earlier next year, actually. But I think next week's going to be our, our, a good old list podcast for 2017, really looking forward to that, and I'm hopefully going to do that with my uh, good mate Jordan Wood, going to get a, a guest on, and and um, have some fun there. Uh, thanks for listening for the to the podcast uh, tonight. Uh, stay tuned for next week, and um, yeah, if you want to talk to me at the Golden Globes, feel free to uh, message me on um, message the page on Facebook, or you can go on Instagram and DM me on there, and we can get over for chat. Uh, the Golden Globes, I think, are in January. And I'm um, looking forward to see what happens there and see who takes home these awards. Woo! Award season's coming, ladies and gentlemen. I couldn't be more excited. Three Bullboards is out soon. Call Me By Your Name's out soon. I can't wait to watch these films and watch and get some great films into me. It's going to be great. Have a great weekend, everyone, and I will speak to you next week.